All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You're listening to Real Life, a podcast from the Nation Network. I got 50, I got 50 for days. Brought to you by Finning Canada, the parts you need when you want them. I remember like the big ones that most people generally think about. Like I remember the Guns N' Roses performance. I don't. I'm a little too, little too young for that. One. I don't remember that either. Not because I'm too young. I just don't remember what happened. There was just like this, uh, they did like an eight minute November rain kind of thing. And it was oh, just like, awesome. it was super cool. Slash was standing on a piano. It was sick. And then I remember fast forward like 10 years ago when Guns N' Roses came back on the MTV Awards <laughs> and Jimmy Fallon was like, they're back. It's Guns N' Roses. It looks like, like Axl Rose ate Axl Rose. Exactly. And it was, I'm like, that's not Guns N' Roses. There's a dude with a KFC bucket on his head. <laughs> I didn't know about Buckethead at the time. You see, anyway, I remember hearing about when November rain was being made in like, Rolling Stone magazine or something. It was like, Axl Rose has lost his mind. He's at the top of his game. And now he's rented the London Philharmonic for a week at a cost of a hundred million dollars a second. And he's recording an eight minute song. And I remember reading it and be like, well, that's never going to work. And then November rain hit and you're just like, never question Axl Rose, man. Yeah. That guy knows what's up. And then you went to your high school dance and that was what every single dance closed with. Or was what every single bar closed down with is November rain. November rain. I remember in like junior high that when you'd like get together with your friends, I don't know if you did this, you probably had like normal friends, but my friends and I, we <laughs> had a school of a hundred people. So we had to make our own fun, but we'd be like, all right, who are you going to dance with at what point and what song? And it was like, November rain was like your fiance in yep. junior high. Like that was. I'm committing to seven minutes and 55 seconds seconds and stairway to heaven 
There was the two. There was uh, for me. There was November Rain, and then Truly Madly Deeply by uh, Savage Garden. That was how like, long was that though? That was only like a three minute yeah, song. See, or that's so. not the same kind of commitment as November Rain <laughs> no, or Stairway to Heaven. And Stairway to Heaven has the part where you have to go fast. Then you're like, do we just keep slow dancing, or do we start like stepping it up? <laughs> and then you're like, oh my god, why did I pick this song? I'm collapsing in flames that, like a Hindenburg. That's the tale of two songs as Stairway to Heaven. Oh, really yeah. is. Do you guys remember the VMAs when Eminem had the sea of M&Ms? Yes. Down? Oh my. Yes, That I was do. one of my favorite VMA memories. Oh, like that's one that really jumps out. Is that the same year he fought Triumph the Insult Comic Dog? And then they admitted it was all fake and yes. that was when the fake news started to creep into my awareness. I believe that may have been the same year. I also recall one of the dudes from Rage Against the Machine climbed a set mm-hmm. and was like yeah. hanging on down. during the... Yes. Yeah. I remember the year Justin Bieber wheeled up in like a 50s style dance <laughs> montage <laughs> in, a, in a convertible and I was like, oh, and everyone's heart were in their throats and he like snap finger wag danced into the <laughs> building and everybody was just losing their shit and he had the cool Elvis like flow yes. my god well those were good days yes I didn't watch him this by the way this is the real life podcast we're, yeah. we're let's just jump right we're in. lazy man good. it's off season we just picked up mid-sentence yes picked up but you know who didn't pick up mid-sentence the fine people at Finning Canada no they never mail it in at Finning no, they're hard at work right now 1.4 bajillion parts at your service. they're at work too they're in the yeah. warehouse but they're resorting themselves all they the are. screws are checking they're of the same type they are not shooting the shit about the VMAs I never. can guarantee you right no now. and they're kind enough with their sponsorship to pay us to do it so yes. we can never forget Finning thank you yes thank you but this is that's Bag Milk that's Wanye I am Mark, welcome back, boys. We gotta get you a cool name. I know, I need a fake name. I really do. Well, I've said this before. My legal name is Jason Gregor. It's that makes sense. Unfortunately, <laughs> and now I work with a man named Jason. It makes Gregor. sense. You don't have to have a fake name. You could just have like a derivation of your real name. I should actually. Mark Cameron. My, my middle, true story, my middle name is Cameron. Uh-huh. And if I ever go to like a top 40, like, hey, Tail Cruz, Mark Cameron here. Yeah, right? yeah, right? yeah. Mark Cameron. Let's hear like your intro ultimate. for a hot Tail yeah, Cruz talk jam. Up, talk up like Tail new Cruz. Swift. Yeah. Oh, the new Taylor Swift. New Taylor Swift was released this week, and you'll never get where she was spotted this week. But first, here's the new Drake. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'd listen to that station. Did you ever have thought, like, when you're getting into radio, to come up with, like, a like a shotgun Sean Evans or something like that? Oh, that'd be sick. Some yeah. people did. And, yeah, I guess I never did, but I never really got past Mark Cameron. I think that's fine enough if I ever do need one. Uh, true story, my buddy Warren over at The Bear, his college on-air name was Warren Peace. Oh, yeah. Oh. All right. No, <laughs> right? that's like, good. You just kind of, it's like slipping into a nice warm bath. Oh, that's War good. and peace. It's so cool here at the station. I feel like it's like you're at Avenger headquarters, if that's even a place. I've never it seen is. one. But you know what I mean? We're like, hey, my friend Shotgun Sean Evans and I were just talking in the hallway, and everyone has like an intercom voice here. It is. And there's true. like pixie dust in the air. And like, remember when we saw the dead mouse heads in the hallway? Exactly. Chad the Pog Martin hanging out here. Unbelievable. Pog went into management, right? Yeah, he's yeah, he's like a manager. Pog sold out. If you're the <laughs> Pog, like you know your expiry date as a personality is probably in the past, right? Oh yeah. But it's interesting. He's a good guy. So hangs around. Super the nice guy. It'll be like us in 20 years, and we're exactly. like, guess how many Twitter followers I have? And kids are like, Twitter followers? Don't you mean cybernet <laughs> connections? And you're like, nobody's tweeting. <laughs> no, I put all my eggs in the Twitter basket, and yet uh, here we are. VMA Awards. We Whoa, I just a sec. You've Sorry. succeeded. You're on the podcast with I us. Just, Don't I say here actually. I am. <laughs> that, is very true. that is very true. Did you watch all the VMAs last night, Bagmelt? Like I couldn't all... do it, man. On, I, I, I saw it was on. I had to check in. I need to know what the kids are up to. Yeah. What are you doing? What do you mean, kids? Are you excluding yourself? Ah, uh, yeah. I feel old. Like nothing made me feel older than watching the VMAs. You, actually... you feel old. Think about DJ Khaled. He's like forty-six. <laughs> well, and he's actually... doing that new dance he does everywhere. Poor guy. Speaking of that, the show closed down. Like Katy Perry closed it down, but the performance immediately before her was Rod Stewart doing what? a remake of "Do You Think I'm Sexy" with who? Uh, DNCE. <gasps> That's the Jonas. They played the Eskimo halftime show recently. So I go to the Eskimos game. 
Win 10 free drinks golfing, no big deal. I was on Gregor's team, which sounds cliche. We were on the same team and just steamrolled these guys who were playing. 10 free drinks. So I smashed them all back in record time. And I'm watching this band at halftime like, that looks like Joe Jonas. And I can't see five inches in front of my face because of all the beer goggles. But I picked out Joe Jonas 10 seconds into his song. Didn't know he had a new project. Didn't know he had the hot heat. I know Joe Jonas with a weird cop mustache when i see him <laughs> absolutely and so R- rod stewart played with dnce yeah they did a duet of uh if you think i'm sexy it's like all updated with the modern instruments but do you remember they did that like in the late 90s early o's they brought that song back and then it had like a they, rap part really yeah oh that's yeah, so internet. good yeah, did, yeah, yeah like they redid that song you'll remember if you heard it and it was with like a reggaeton type rapper or something like that no chad the pog martin no no not chad the pog martin <laughs> Entrance. Entrance. Wow. Oh, man. That was a track. If we had a budget on this podcast, we'd play it under us talking right now. Maybe how we can, can add that in. How can we do that? What do we need? I know uh, people who have money. Right, let's, let's just fire up this here. <laughs> it was just odd. So, like, while you're getting that set up, it was just odd seeing Rod Stewart, who to me is a legend. Yes. But, like, he was in a room of people. Like, I was like, how many people know who Rod Stewart is? You think? Yes. Do you guys know Rod Stewart's kid played in the WHL? I did know that. Liam Stewart for the Spokane Chiefs. That you knew, but you couldn't remember Entrance yes, where you recorded his song? What yes. are you, a sports guy? Yes. Liam Stewart. Is this it? Can people hear this? Oh, yeah. It's a track. <laughs> Wait for the rap part. Don't listen if you're in the copyright game. Ladies and gentlemen, the real life podcast, we've got <laughs> Rod Stewart coming at you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, that's so, legit. So this was early 2000s, Wandy. Were you like at the bar this time? No, like, this was no, your, no, this no, was no. This your... is like right when I was easing into the bar. Oh, okay. And every song was like this level of excitement for me when I would be at the bar. Like to me, going to the bar for the first three years was like going to school dances, which I never did. <laughs> and I was like, it's amazing. There's children of all ages at the bar and they give you alcohol. It's the greatest thing. Do you remember your like the first banger track from when you were old enough to go to the bar? I was just about to ask. I don't know if it was a banger, but the one track that always reminds you of being 18 and going to the bar is Apple Bottom Jeans. With oh, the boots. oh like, with that the is, that's some fire. That's like summer 2007, I want to say. So that's the one that will always remind me of being 18 and going to L- L- Lucky 13 on a Friday and Saturday Lucky night. Lucky 13. Man, I saw Yukon Jack the other day tweeted about like tweet bars that have closed. It was so interesting because, like, a whole bunch of his followers, I didn't know any of the bars they were talking about. But then there was people that were catching bars of, like, right when I was on the come oh, up. Yeah. And so many bars I'd forgotten about. I'm like, man, it's amazing the bars you forget. Do you what bar it? did you go to, Bag Milk, when you first started clubbing? We were fixtures at Cowboys on Thursdays. Unbelievable. 25 cent draft. Yes. I had a 9 a.m. class the next morning on Perfect. Friday nights or Friday mornings at Nate. I'd never went to that class <laughs> yeah. ever. And we would always go to the nest at night and eat breakfast uh, and nest. talk about the uh, night the night that was. Oh, 25 cent draft. You you would slap a five down and they would just walk over with a tray of little cups of beer. And you're like, well, see you tomorrow. <laughs> Goodbye memory for the next three hours. Where did you go, Mash? Where were you? In? See, I was never, a, honestly, a big bar guy. Like We would go to, um, oh, it's right on white. Where was your outlet to dance? Bill- billiards. Right? Oh, yeah. Still go to billiards from time to time. But that, yeah. that, that, was, a, that was a big uh, humdinger. I'm not a big dancer. I don't like to cut a mean rug. I like the Dougie, but I don't like to cut a mean rug. My first 
while in the club was almost exclusively spent dancing. I just love. Oh man, yeah? you oh. you'll get out there. Not now. You, no, 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 not now. You were out go, there at Knoxville's a couple uh, like a I was month ago, standing on the dance floor. <laughs> well, like back in the day, I'd be like, let's start a circle and someone go in the middle and do extra awesome moves. Like I was really into that shit. When you go to a wedding, are you never? No, no you don't even lead it anymore. No, wow. I don't know. Something died in my heart or brain or something, and now I'm not an exhibitionist well, anymore. What happened? I don't know. I don't know. Some sort of event. Maybe it was a solar eclipse. Something turned off. <laughs> uh, bag milk. So that was the club. What was the song that was on when 18-year-old a bag's milk? I remember my 18th birthday very well, and they played in the club probably wow. 10 times that night. Unbelievable. Yeah, that, that seems very 2003, 2004. It was 2003. Wildly considered one of the best songs of all time. It's still it's so good. There. It's still comes up there on the, uh, it's on a retro playlist every once in a while, which sounds very weird to say. Yeah. Oh, man. What is it? The There's a serious XM channel, and it's like the O's or something. And I was in my buddy's car and I like, it was on. I'm like, oh man, this station's awesome. Like this is unbelievable. Oh geez, they're playing that track. Oh, I haven't heard this in forever. But it wasn't registering as like old music in my mind. It was like slightly old music. And then I realized I was like bopping to 08 tracks. Like they came out yesterday morning. Like, oh my God. Do you guys find you hit a stage in music when you just, I will also listen to new music, but were you just really stop embracing new music are you always embracing new music yeah like i really love rap yeah so you'll, you're and always... so like for example they have the thing called the xxl freshman mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and they're like there's the top 10 rappers of the year i like pride myself on knowing most of them before okay. it comes out i love staying especially with rap just because i love it so much but like pop music for me like there's still like a real golden era that has passed right you know that album sales now, like what's considered old historical content sells better than new music. Hey? Really? And that's why Apple shifted from like a per song basis to like access basis. It's basically access to the back catalog of all this stuff that no one would really buy, but they would have access to given if it's a subscription. Because like old music is now more popular than new stuff in aggregate. For instance, I don't want to spend a dollar fifty on Kung Fu Fighting, but if I have a subscription, <laughs> I'll listen to it one or two times and move on with my day. And if you imagine like a giant imaginary library of songs sitting somewhere and they're like, well, how much money are we making off all this crap? And the answer is zero. Well, I'd rather have it like I have a spin pay ratio on Spotify and on Apple Music than on uh, nothing getting it. Bagmuck, you're going the experiment. Was it two weeks ago? Albums uh, of your youth? Are you kind of like me? Like I have the same three or four albums. I'll still I'll embrace the audio music from time to time, but it's still kind of what I listened to in high school. I'm a little bit of both. Okay. Like the good thing about Apple Music is that like Wanye said, it's in your face what's new. So I'm always willing to check that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said a couple of, couple of weeks ago on my Twitter, at JSBM Bagmilk. Uh, <laughs> Very nicely done. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I went through a bunch of the albums that I was super into when I was young, and it was super nostalgic. And thanks to having a giant bank like Apple Music, you can go ahead and do that. And you're like, man, this is a significant other by Limp Biscuit. Oh, <laughs> that still rocks in 2017. And I was super into it. What are your four albums, Mash? Oh, no, I should say four albums. More of the same four. Artists. I just imagine like your apartment being like <laughs> super Spartan, and you like yes. sleep on a bed that's all metal, and you have a shelf with only four records. And you're like minimalist. Majo requires no further music. I sleep on a mattress with milk crates. No, no, really no. Don't imagine this being like. down market. I oh, imagine yes. it being like super Spartan. Uh, I don't listen to this regularly, but seriously, once every three months. I think that was one of the ones you're listening to. I'll still put on "Tell All Your Friends" by Taking Back Sunday. Uh, like, it, that, it was. That is still a good album. That Fantastic. rips every once in a while. Uh, 2001 by Dr. Dre. That's still. That's still a classic. Uh, going way back as far as around, but Straight Outta Compton is still always on my r- rotation of albums I always listen to. We have a record player at the Manor, Ooh. and if you get, you can't just buy any garbage for the yeah. record player. It has to be like 
considered by the residents to be one of the top albums of all time. Okay. I would argue the top listening to from beginning to end rap album would be uh, Snoop with Doggy Style from ah, yeah. his first album. Unbelievable. That to me, from beginning to end, it's like watching a movie. It's such a good album. That's it's, how I feel about 2001, though. Yeah. It's funny that you brought Dr. up 2000. You produced both of them, right? There you go. It's funny that you brought up 2001 because we've got this uh, We've got this dude. His name is Chell Edits. He makes kind of video mashups for us that we play on Instagram. Plug his Twitter. Um, at Chell Edits, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, anyway, when Leon Drysaddle was about to sign, we were all waiting months for it to happen. I sent him a uh, I just sent him an email. I'm like, hey, man, would you make up a mashup, but would you use Forget About Dre as the song? And he's just like, come, comes back. He's like, okay, whatever. And then when he's done, about a week later, he sends me the video. He's like, you know what? That was actually a pretty good song. I'd never heard it before. And I was just like, oh, my God. oh, oh heart just rips in half. Because <laughs> he's awesome. only like, I think he's in grade 11, this dude. So he's oh, super man. talented, but he also so doesn't I find out the people that we reach out to and work with online, because we're always very aggressively reaching out to people that we think are talented. Yep. It's super bizarre, like, oh, this guy you want to work with is, uh, you know, his 150,000 man Instagram account. Yeah, he's 14 and lives <laughs> in, like, Deloitte, or D Duluth, rather. And you're like, huh? I got to talk to some guy's dad. We did a deal with some guy, and he had, his dad had to get involved so he could get paid. It was funny. Oh, uh, that is interesting. Uh, interesting weekend, boys, as this... We're kind of recapping the last couple weeks. Segway. Segway. Not Brought to you by actual segways. <laughs> we got to monetize, boys. Think about it. Think about the tie-ins. I will say that was an awful segue in my part, but now that we've brought attention to my awful segue, who watched the money fight on Saturday? I did. I'm raising my hand. I did. I'm also you. raising my hand over here. No. Didn't? No. Why not? So many reasons they could just... I don't want to be a hater. If it's important to you, it's important to me, and if everybody loves that, but to me boxing of like a super old dude granted probably the greatest boxer in his weight class of all time and even i know that but a super old dude fighting a guy who's not a boxer would be like the nhl being like okay are you ready for the 2019 season it's yager versus ronaldo <laughs> in the cup finals like i understand they're both big celebrities and everybody's very interested but it's not for me, like, it's not a real thing. Like, yeah. the money belt? <laughs> like, what the hell? That, I agree. Like, it, I think anyone that was trying to prop this up as an actual, like, old is going to be, well, like, it was, to me, it was like Transformers 6. <laughs> I can turn my brain off and sit through an hour of just mindless things smashing each I other. I checked out when they lost Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> but they to me, it was, brought it was, back Megan Fox. It was like an action movie. Like, I can turn my brain off and watch. Conor McGregor's story is phenomenal. And like all the content they put out to convince me of how phenomenal he was, I bought it all, right? Amazing story, amazing everything, very likable dude, very brash, like tremendously entertaining, right? If you're if you're in it for the entertainment value, I can totally see it. But like I was wondering if he'd won, would all the belts have gone to him? I don't believe so. I'm sure one of our great listeners will be able to correct us on this. I don't think so. Like in a week, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Four days later, you'll be walking down the street like, as a matter of fact. I hope. I hope someone does that. Hit us up mad late and tell us what we don't know. But also, I think those guys are both clearly promoters, and they gave, you know, PTI, ESPN, they gave debate shows something to debate in what's been an event. I know there's a lot going on at the NFL off the field, but it was kind of a quiet summer, and they gave us something. There's no Olympics, no World Cup. But can't you just find real boxers that have charisma and make them pummel each other for hundreds of millions of dollars? There, like, is it that big of an ask? There is another uh, really big boxing fight coming up on September 16th with Triple G, and I forget the gentleman's name, which shows you where... Triple G? It's a sweet nickname, eh? That's a boxer? He's before Triple H. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, to me, he's like hey. blurring the lines again. Like, oh yeah, I'm that no, guy, but one less. Just shows you where boxing was. Like, I'm. We talk about what ages us. Like, the first fight I ever remember hearing about was the night Mike Tyson bit Holyfield's ear. Mm. So yep. I don't recall boxing ever being good. You're the oldest one here without being a dick. <laughs> I you don't give a flying do fuck if I'm the oldest one here. Do I defy you to define me by maturity. I'm the youngest <laughs> one here. Do you recall when boxing was a thing, though? Well, so here's the thing, though. Like, boxing's big around the world. <laughs> It's just not big here. Like Pacquiao is basically like the head of the the Asian Union yeah, of countries, yeah. and like I spend a lot of time in Mexico, and down there, like it is no joke. They love it, but they all have like their regional guy, right? So there's yeah. like we're fighting for the championship of Mexico, brought to you by Tecate, and everyone goes crazy. But like it's weird. I think that it's like really frustrating because there's a place for these super title fights. I was driving downtown during the fight, being awesome, you know how you do, <laughs> and I'm driving by Bar Row, and there's like. 50 people at the brew house, 100 people in front of Hudson's, 150 people at the pint. This is right off Jasper. So, so many people, everyone's watching. There's clearly demand for these title fights where everybody gets together and watches some guy either kill or kiss a guy, but they just can't seem to find the people to do it. It's so lazy. For a guy like me, like, I wasn't really interested in the fight in the sense that I kind of had an idea of how the outcome would go. I mean, Mayweather's a boxer, McGregor is not. So, it's kind of like having a a surgeon challenge a dentist to an appendectomy. It just <laughs> yeah. like, it didn't make sense to me, but That's funny. I also appreciated the spectacle and the grandiose yeah. kind of, this has got to be a thing that everyone needs to see. So I kind of bought into that. And I, I think it's cool to kind of buy into those cultural phenomena. It's like For the sure. same reason that I played Pokemon go. Sure. Well, like, well, Wanya, if it's an international boxing federation sponsored fight, you're not <laughs> like, I could give 10 shits if it's a real fight or not. Like when I saw the guy come out with like Mayweather with the mask on, I was like, oh man, that's worth a hundred bucks right there. That is gangster <laughs> shit. That is amazing. You mentioned it'd be like a dentist telling a doctor. Can you imagine if a doctor and a dentist talked that much shit before the appendectomy though? They had press conferences where they're getting in each other's the faces. The patient's like, really? I don't know. <laughs> Do we have to do this always? Maybe, maybe I should go somewhere else. Yeah. But either it was... I don't know. You'll see a sports center top 10 for the rest of time, zaniest moments in sports. And that will just be, you'll all kind of remember, Hey, yeah, I remember that summer. It was kind of weird. And that's what we really want, right? It's yeah, like, sure. remember that episode of Simpsons where they're like, do you want to do steroid analysis or do you want me to hit some dingers? Is that what it was? Dingers. Like that, yeah. Yeah. Dingers. Yeah. <laughs> smashing balls. Like that's the truth. At the end yeah. of the day, like I just want to see somebody punch somebody. And that's pretty much what we saw on, on a Saturday night. It was a good, it was kind of a, I always say the Eskimo Stampeders is the end of official summer. Like, that's clearly Labor Day. But this was like the two-minute warning end of summer, you know? Like, it's falls hockey, falls here, which means hockey season's right on the Fantastic. corner. Fantastic. Right around the corner. On that note, we're going to talk about Asia next, correct? Yes. We'll take a quick timeout, though. It's a real-life podcast brought to you by Fitting Canada. Over 1.4 bajillion parts to serve you. That's Fitting Canada. It's late. And you just finished a full day of work. Your equipment is done for the day and tomorrow bright and early you start all over again. You know what you need to keep it running smoothly, but there's not a break in the schedule to make that happen. With over 1.4 million cat parts at your fingertips on parts.cat.com, getting that part just became easier. Any device, anytime, anywhere. Get what you need, when you need it. Order today, parts.cat.com. We're back on the Real Life Podcast, which is still brought to you by Finney Canada. They have now, not left in the last 30 seconds. No, and now 
It's actually up to 1.5 bajillion parts. That fast. What an age to be alive. What a time to be alive. Fam. I'm just thinking about them having to do inventory, you know? Yeah, it's got to be rough. Oh, inventory. That's a lot of inventory. Right, there's like days. probably two guys in like old overalls whose job it was to do inventory. And they're like, hey, Phil, how many parts do we have back there? And they're like, uh, 1.4 million. Unbelievable. <laughs> Business is through the roof. <laughs> Guy hasn't down. counted anything. That would be absolutely hilarious. No, <laughs> no. Finning's on the ball. I'm sure they could rattle them all off. We should actually have somebody on here one time and be like, stop saying 1.5 bajillion parts. How can there be that many this? parts? Isn't there only two kinds of screw head, the cross and the flathead? It'd be interesting if they, they just like put three parts in front of the three of us, if we could to guess what any of them did certainly not no this is for adults absolutely we are not adults here. <laughs> no none whatsoever uh no. we want to talk about asia obviously <laughs> yeah. uh, a great band blunt we weren't filled in in advance were you no. what we wanted to no, talk about i was i just said through asia and i said okay asia what, what are we talking about asia well we went to starbucks on the wake here as we always do and we yes. get a little supplies for the crew and then sometimes you'll back up a coffee with another coffee yeah, and then i assume be wired run this. home afterwards yeah. but we're like, oh my god, we haven't done our homework. Weird. What are we going to do? Ah, who do you want to interview? Do you think there's time to get Connor McDavid? Of course not. <laughs> panic, panic. And one of the things we always wanted to talk about, Bag Milk and I, was the fact that he lived for a year in one of my favorite places I've ever been. And I went there because of you. And you were like, well, if you're going to go wild and go around the world, you need to go to this joint. And I was like, oh, really? And I went there. And then the fact that you live there is just so mind boggling. And the stories that you've told me, and we've never really <laughs> sat down to be like, tell some crazy stories of the time you lived. So I kind of set the stage maybe, and then you can kind of talk about yeah, sure. in graphic detail, because I love these stories. So you lived on PP Island. <laughs> I did, yeah. So that was up together, Matt Joe. It's a real place for crying out loud. The ages are silent. Uh, oh, that's man. funny. When were you on PP Island? Uh, it's coming up on 2009, 10. Yeah. So it was a while ago now. It's just a little spit of land off the coast of Thailand. It was never the plan either. Like I had just, I was trying to avoid growing up as much as possible. I had saved up a big chunk of cash to put a down Seven payment on a house. Seven years later, still succeeding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd saved up a big chunk of money to put on a, on a house. And then at the very last minute at the 11th hour, I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go traveling instead. My Way dad, better move. My dad was just like, are you crazy? But it was like one of those times where he's like you're gonna do this twice in three years or whatever i'm like i'm spending all the money <laughs> and just you like know what kind of buy level you could get for this <laughs> exactly. money you could put a fine down payment on some shag rug well it's like my dad was in the air force right so he was like one of those people he's like very like get yourself a job do this and like the idea of spending you know 20 grand just traveling around the world and getting 20 grand are you renting jets and eating <laughs> beluga caviar for every meal it can go pretty quick. It's one of those things where I probably could have been gone another year, yeah. but then I met a missus, and then all yeah. of a sudden my uh, dilapidated uh, housing structures weren't really acceptable anymore. She's like, oh, you want a toilet and not just a hole in the ground. Oh, Miss Fancy. Yeah, exactly. I suppose I have to set the bar for life at this rate. <laughs> so that wasn't the plan, but I ended up on PP and I just kind of stayed there. So now hold on, because for people who don't know what PP is, and Majo, if you're just going to giggle about PP the whole time, I want you to turn your mic up so people can hear you clearly. <laughs> PP is one of these little mountainous islands where it's like an underwater mountain range. You're just seeing the tips of all the mountains, and that's what the islands are. And you you fly into Bangkok, and then you fly into another city in Thailand called Phuket, and then you get on increasingly shadier modes of transport <laughs> until you wash ashore on a piece of flotsam, and you're in PP, an island of how many people? I couldn't even tell you how many people. It's like the the population of just tourists that come in is just amazing if you've ever seen the movie the beach with leonardo dicaprio yeah, it's filmed there that's pee, pee yeah and except that like there aren't like dead swedes littering the beach and 
Well, sometimes. I mean, sometimes it can't swim a little bit. Well, now, hold on, because I want to get to the crazy. So I just want to set the stage, (laughs) because the whole thing about podcasts, boys, you got to tell stories with your mouth. Theater of the mind. People can't see us right now. We have to project and describe. (laughs) Population of 2,500 people. 2,500 people. That is a lie, because this is the problem with Asian, like, statistics. Like, how many people live here? Who the hell are you to ask? We're the UN. Five people live here. (laughs) So 2,500 people, sure. And then the tourists is 15 million, but it... It's this little tiny island and there's no cars. Yes. So first of all, ain't nobody driving anywhere. Well, there are cars, but most tourists don't see them. They're driving supplies up and down the mountain. Of course. See, I'm a tourist in this story and I don't know nothing about nothing. But you're generally right. No cars. A lot of bikes. A lot of push carts. Steaming heat. Oh, yeah. Like, thousand degrees. Hotter than the surface of the sun. So Satan's toenails. And if you're really lazy, there will be like a l- nice fellow who will carry your crap in a push cart for you up a hill because you have to walk everywhere. But it's like <laughs> devoid of old people. That's the other thing I noticed because it's like super fit town because everyone's like diving or doing drugs or dancing or doing drugs. And so when I wheeled in there, I was on a tour and like I would go on Kentucky tours all the time. Kentucky's actually sponsored the nation now, which is hilarious. (laughs) There you go, Kentucky. Free mentions. (laughs) Look at the value. Uh, So I wheel in there for like a day and I was like, what is this magical mystery place? And they brought us in in a boat, let us sit there for a minute and have lunch and then leave. And like we didn't, we got to see everything, but we didn't get to participate. So me and the squire were rolling through Asia. We're like, we're going back the minute this tour is over. And you had been there. Yeah, I even remember the time where it was like, I woke up for work here at my real job, well, at my old job, and then I was texting you, and you were at, like, a place, and I could describe what you were looking at as if it was right in front of me. It was yeah. really interesting, because I had spent so much time there that you kind of just... You told us about the guy who didn't, like, had ducked out on his child support payments? Yeah. So until that point, we'd been super nice to him, and then I'm like, did you, did you read what he just said? He won't pay his bills. And we're like, you piece of shit. And this guy couldn't figure out why we went from being, like, his best customers to never wanting to talk to him ever again. Because there's a lot of great people there. There's a lot of fantastic people there, but there's also a lot of people that are a little bit shady. Like, there was the one guy that Wanya was talking about. He would go to the island for six months of the year because he just didn't want to like deal with having a kid and shit so he'd be like well i'm going home to work to do whatever he did to save off enough money just to leave again it was very odd it's like the island of lost yes right so you go in there and you stay in like there's like a nice hotel and then there's like increasingly sketchier hotels and then it like gets down to like the local level and the locals are spread into what we'll call two groups foreigners and local locals and you were a foreigner local and got accepted into the subculture Ooh. and slipped beneath the surface of what us tourists get to see and saw the real pee-pee. That's what she said. Because what happened was I ended up working at a bar as like a promoter slash bartender of making highballs. They're like, can you make drinks? I'm a like, promoter. Well, that's what they call it. Yeah. Essentially, you're standing in the street handing out flyers to people just to get them to come into the, bo- come into the bar and they call it promoter. So I was sure. one of those and then I got bumped up to working at the bar itself. So they're like, do you know how to make a Cosmo? I'm like, no, but if you want a rum and Coke, I gotcha. Exactly. So I got stuck on that thing. And eventually working at a bar for as long as I did, you meet the locals, you become friends with them, and then they take you into... Like, like the side streets that normal people don't. So when we see. say locals, we mean people who are both a Thai, like a Thai citizen, yeah. but also like a weird Swedish dude who probably killed somebody and had to get away from the long <laughs> arm of justice. Yeah, it could be a Thai uh, local. It could be somebody who's from England that hasn't been home in fifteen years and is living on the lam or whatever. Like, there's a big cross section of people that you just kind of ran into and you became friends with, and they would show you different aspects of that that island that most people don't get to see. Like I stayed on there for by myself. I went there. On a subsequent trip with a whole bunch of people, and one by one they all left, and I was like, "Uh, uh-uh, I'm staying here. I'm going to be like bag milk." <laughs> and I, I met a guy one day who was like, "Yeah, 
I moved here and then some shit went down and then I didn't get a passport and then just like, meh, screw it. And I'm like, what do you mean you said screw it? He's like, basically I can never leave the island. I'm like, how do you make a go of life? He's like, I work for cash. I have a cash room. I can make a go of it, but like, that's it. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, don't you have like a life of outside the island? He's like, for reasons I do not want to get into, the rest of the world does not appeal to me anymore. And, and there's a lot of people like that. Oh, such an odd assortment. It's like so Neverland in the sense that it's like they all end up there. And I'm sure there's other areas of the country like that as well, like no doubt. But like, And other countries in the world. 100%. It's like they all kind of end up there and they you see the same 50 people every day. So it's like, oh, I guess this guy's just not leaving. I'll introduce myself to him because it's another person sure. that I now know. Sure. And then like you... the island of Lost Majo. Yeah, it is. I'm writing notes right now. Mm -hmm. this, this yeah, is... oh, yeah, yeah. And what you learn is there's a lot of shady shit that happens there. And everybody has this kind of very pristine image of the island and it's, it is beautiful and it is very safe, but there's also like this seedy underbelly that most people don't see. And it's, it's, it was interesting to kind of, get a taste of it what's the shadiest thing either of you guys saw on pp island well his is gonna blow the doors off mine literally <laughs> go ahead one time we had a lockdown on the island whoa everybody had to be in bed by well not in bed but like you had to be in your room by 11 o'clock because the way pp works is there's a long stretch of beach where there's just a bunch of beach bars and there best. was the best there was beef somebody had beef and somebody else got shot Whoa. And it was right in the middle of like the super heavy crowded area of just all tourists and like rich English people and rich Swedes are like, well, we can't have this. So then they locked down the whole island. They ever shoot a gun into a room of people on acid? It doesn't end well <laughs> for the people on acid. So they ended up locking the island down for three weeks, probably. So it was like three weeks of being your room by 11 o'clock and now are supplies coming onto the island supplies are still it's it, the the machine never stops it's okay. just you have to be in your room by 11 so I what see. ended up happening is instead of getting buckled drunk until 4 a.m yeah you get buckled drunk at 10 a.m sure and then you're in bed by 11 that's sound thinking that's well, the kind of thing that gets you to be a pp resident it's just time management is of course all it is. it's not that big of an adjustment so if someone got shot, does automatically everyone become a suspect on this island because it's so small? Or did people have an idea right away of who did it? Well, the, the, like the cop shop on PP Island was like one dude on like a Segway or like a golf cart or some damn thing. And there was like one prison cell and it was like the local drunkest Irish guy usually was in there. Like, you, do you remember the movie uh, The Mask? Vaguely, like the Jim Carrey the mask. Yeah, yes. So I like, do. there's a part where Jim Carrey Gary gets... Cheever story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a part where Jim Carrey gets thrown in a single jail cell. Yeah, uh, kind of like Harold and Kumar, kind of. Okay. <laughs> so yes. it's so refreshing that, that your it. knowledge of prisons is from like comedies <laughs> and not from anything dark happening. Like, remember that movie about jail? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think Ern about that. Ernest scared stupid. Yeah. Ernest goes to jail. <laughs> oh, that's a good pull. <laughs> But like those jail TVs, like locked those jail TV shows, like locked up abroad. Yeah. One of the people I worked for, one of their best friends, was featured on that show because he's now in prison. For Tell this guy's story. I know this story. Years. It's crazy. Um, so basically, this dude was he was an English guy. He was a little bit nutty, and he came to the island just looking for a good time. He ended up getting lost there, stuck there, like pretty much everybody does. <laughs> and when you're doing this promoter job, essentially you're working for nine bucks a day, maybe some free drinks, free food, depending on how much you want to hustle. Speaking of which, I used to get free food all the time all over the island just by correcting English on people's menus. Really? The best. Genius. That's the kind of attitude that gets you to PP Island. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So anyway, he decided that he was going to supply the, like, the half moon parties and the, some of the big beach parties with their necessities. Wink. 
wink. And he podcast, you got to describe. And those necessities are uh, banned yes. <laughs> by the Thai government. If you will. And uh, he got he got nicked. And so he's he, on PP. He's in Phuket oh, now. Phuket. He's in Phuket now and in he's the prison. Like importing mass amounts of stuffs. Yep. Uh, I don't know what kind of stuffs, but multiple stuffs. For a long time, for he was like he's was not he that old. Right in the beginning of the caper, I think he was doing it for maybe a couple of years. I don't okay. remember my story. He had some good days. He had to come up. Wow. Yeah, he got to have that montage at least when he spent all of his first money. And then Wait. he and then he got busted. And now he's in prison for how his do you get life. busted? What they do a lot of times is they'll. Uh, They'll have undercovers or whatever walking around in just street clothes, and they'll ask you for something, and then if you have it, well, then you're in trouble. So he's street slanging this guy. Yeah, oh, come on. So for, have you seen Scarface? Have you seen any <laughs> drug movies? See, like just like your knowledge of prison, my knowledge of being a gangster is like <laughs> the aggregate of every crime show I've ever seen. He's so, so he, wow. So he goes to jail for how long? He goes to jail for like thirty years. How old is this guy when he goes he in? He was probably in his mid twenties. Oh my god. So like. At the bar that I worked at, we would show his episode of Locked Up Abroad all the time. And this is just kind of shows you like the people that I was hanging out with. They all thought it was hilarious. Like, ah, look at him. He's in jail forever. He's ruined his life. But anyway, we're getting party tonight or what? So this guy right now at 645, 16 Mountain Standard Time is in Thai prison. Yes. Good Lord. Until what year approximately? Uh, I would guess probably like 2030 or something, somewhere around there. Damn. Whoa. That is because ain't nobody looking for clemency for the guy who got caught steal, selling all the drugs in Phuket. Yep. And like, you're not going to get the prime minister's office involved to sponge that from your record. And that dude broke out of, uh, he got, he got pinched on PP and he broke out of that prison cell you were talking about. He broke out of, whoa. They, they handcuffed him to the bed and he ripped it off the wall. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> He's in Phuket selling stuffs. Comes to PP, gets he busted in PP. Commuting. Okay. I don't know. I don't know the particulars. For but work. Got, he, Even drug dealers have to commute. <laughs> exactly. It's so that's, sad. That boat ride, you know, you got an hour each way. Is yeah, a long you gotta, commute. Well, you got to read a newspaper. What are you going to do? You're exactly. not. You're, you're just a man. So he got pinched on PP. He got thrown in that. So they came to PP to get him. Yeah, or the the PP police got him. I don't. Whatever. Okay. He got he got picked up, okay. and then they handcuffed him to the bed because he was a little bit of a wild. He was a live wire. Holy crap! And he ended up ripping the bed off the wall getting out and how like passing through a solid stone wall it's like the legend that goes around the island you know what i mean like do you remember that time that he got out and everybody's like how did he get out i don't know i heard he vanished through the wall you want to go He's party like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway like you go and party or what? we watch locked up abroad that episode's on again at that bar damn so there's a lot of that did he have a poster of Rita Hayward on the wall and slowly chiseled behind the poster nights when people went to had sleep to. and it was like Shawshank and just waited for it to rain? Is no, that man, how he had to do a speed play. He had to like, do like El Chapo and bribe the guard and go out in the laundry truck. Word what? on the street was that he was running down the main road there that goes to the pier with the bed frame behind him. Whoa. I feel like this isn't a true story. I feel like he's like, hey, you know what? I've been selling stuffs. I'm going to go to the guy on duty tonight and be like, here's the story. I ripped the bed off the wall. <laughs> you know, and the, then you say you saw me running to the pier with the bed frame behind me, and I'll be a legend, and you'll have ten grand, and I'll be back in Phuket tomorrow morning, where I'm going to go. And what? The, what's the next phase? How do you get busted? I think that, um, and again, it's one of those things where he tried to get on a boat, go back to Phuket, and they're like, "No, obviously, we know who you are, guy." It's like 
You have a bed strapped to you. <laughs> the story changed depending on who told you the story as well. This is like oh, yeah. one of those urban legends. The, best. the guy was 100% in jail. I watched the episode probably 50 times because, like I said, my bosses thought it was hilarious. So they show him in jail breaking out of PP Island? No, jail? this is just that show locked up abroad and he's being interviewed like behind the glass. But kind he's of not thing. talking about breaking out of PP. No. Oh, I see. No, this is just the story that goes around. So there's three stories on how he got busted. One was that he was bringing a backpack from Phuket onto PP mm -hmm. and they checked his backpack. Mm hmm. I was on a lot of boats. Nobody ever checked. No one ever checked my so backpack. It seems odd. Discounted, unless they were watching you, which is entirely possible. Could be. Another one was that he took a speedboat from Phuket to Peepee, -pee, and somebody followed the speedboat. There's, it's like all that kind of, you know, gone oh. in sixty seconds. Kind Remember of that stuff. Rick Ross video where he's like going through the port of Miami and he's in the <laughs> speedboat. That's how I imagine this guy coming <laughs> to like Phuket, like with Rick Ross in a huge silk shirt, unbuttoned to his navel, like, yeah, I'm I doing it. What's that police light in the background? What? This sounds like the nation should get into the filmmaking business because this is a motion picture right here. Oilers Nation presents. Man, there are some crazy stories from PP. Like drama I, I, and PP. Amazing, amazing. So the third version of the story: speedboat, backpack, and then the other one was just that he got caught on the beach. Like nothing even interesting. So it's probably the truth probably lies somewhere in between the three. But See, I would be all about like promoting this. Like every time I told the story, it'd be slightly different. I'd be like, okay, so he's in PP, <laughs> right? And he's got like an attack tiger in his condo. And I saw it and the tiger was huge. And he feed that thing 20 pounds of ground meat daily. The key to a lie is random facts like that, that for people to that believe. Sound it. Real, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. 20 pounds is a real number, right? PP Island is really interesting because I felt the pull of it, like in the island lost, right? I went there the first time. I'm like, yeah, this place is pretty awesome. I want to come back. I went back the second time and I'm walking down the street and you have to remember like it's super tiny island. It's so beautiful. It's like in the movie Lost or, or the movie, uh, the beach rather. And I'm walking down the street and I'm wearing a little Wayne t-shirt as I do. And this promoter who would have been your counterpart stopped me and he was like, hey, little Wayne, do you like to get drunk? And I'm like, well, yes, I do. And he's like, why don't you come? And he gave me a flyer. But I felt like he was my friend and I was the only flyer that he gave away that day. He did a really good job of like promoting this to me. And I'm like, oh, whatever, I'll go to your bar. But like later on, and he hit me with why I love PP Island so much. He's like, oh, yeah, you can go later. You can come earlier because it's like a Spanish restaurant and we watch movies on the roof of the bar. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? You watch movies on the roof of the bar. One of the most surreal experiences ever is sitting on the roof of the banana bar with like the sun setting in a bay, just, you know, 300 yards from where you, you are. And they're serving you like an enchilada and you're watching like a Bond movie. And I was like, oh my God, I can feel the island calling to me. And I'm doing the math on how much this is all costing to stay and enjoy myself until, and like it would rain and all the, it, the bar on the roof of this building was like all made of bamboo and there was like weird sitting huts you could go to on top of the place and it would rain and there'd be like six inches of standing water and like bare wires i'm like we're all gonna die and they're like here have this drink it's 99 percent alcohol I'm like, oh fantastic and away you go the worst part of that bar that because i know which one you're talking about banana bar banana bar was not the exposed wires everywhere when it rains and you're standing ankle deep. It's, do you remember the walk down those stairs from the oh, roof? Oh yeah, treacherous to say the least, especially when you've had a few These banana bars. These stairs <laughs> are straight down yeah. essentially and they're spiraling. Spirally. Oh. And if your tetanus isn't up to date, you no. can nick yourself on those things Variety real bad. It's amazing. It's like, let's get people as greased as humanly possible and then uh, try to leave, suckers, because you can't. But that's kind of like the fun of going to places that are a little bit off the map is like, you're on your own, right? Whereas like here, I was walking down the street once in Mexico City and there was a hole in the sidewalk. And I'm with my friend and I'm like, oh man, look at that hole. He's like, yeah. 
And I'm like, oh, if that happened in Canada, we'd like call the Coast Guard and we would have it blocked <laughs> off for five blocks in every direction. We'd be giving you pamphlets about the hole and the construction update. What do you guys do here? He's like, I don't know. Don't fall in the hole. And it's the same thing there, right? Like, what if you fell down the stairs? We need to get a ramp and we need to get some lights and we need to get a guy to come out from the inspector's office. And they're just like, don't fall down the stairs. I love when they would do like, you'd, you'd just be walking somewhere and then you would see them doing like intricate electrical work wearing flip-flops and just like a fake pair of Ray-Bans. Oh, man. I send those pictures to my dad because my dad's an engineer and he just loved that shit. He's just like, you have got to be kidding me. He's like, that is not normal. I'm like, well, I mean, it is here. It's amazing. The power grid in Asia is insane because nothing's licensed. So you're like, oh, I'm going to start up with some sort of business. I require power for my business. I'm going to run a new wire from the junction box at the end of the street, and I'm going to get my shady buddy to go do it for me. And as long as we don't get busted, no one's the wiser. We get free power. So when you look, there's so many wires like bundled loosely with old children's jump ropes, and there's like arcs of shit flying off yep. it and stuff like that, and everyone's just like, meh. I don't know how many times you would just be standing there just kind of looking around, and then you hear that buzzing sound above you because you're like, Oh yeah, there's like like Wanya said, fifty wires coming out of that Whoa. box into various directions. Just, I just imagine you see you standing there, like, wonder if I want pad tie tonight. <laughs> all of a sudden, like a big. So after all we've heard about the PP Islands, would you recommend anyone listening to visit the PP Islands? No question, right? If so you let can me, go let me, today. Go today. Yeah, let me like finish my story of the call of the island. So I, my friends, all leave. I'm watching every movie at Banana Bar, spend the day just chilling, reading books, doing nerd crap. Didn't have to work because the internet's on computers, so I'd like vaguely check in, but wasn't doing much. And I could feel my productivity like <laughs> ebbing away. And then I'm always at Banana Bar just chilling and watching movies. And then I met the Thai gangster that owned the whole island. And because I was so nerdy, he like took me under his wing and we would just sit there and he'd been to Whistler and all sorts of shit. But they're like, uh, they would come up to me one day and this must be the thing where like the guy doesn't leave. So they offer you a job and they walk up to me they're like hey man where are you from canada hmm you want to host beer pong i'm like yeah for sure didn't ask pay didn't ask <laughs> anything they're like don't you want to know what you're gonna get paid i'm like oh man i'll just do it for the beer pong and it was like the greatest week of my life they gave me a staff shirt they gave me some weird shady deal on drinks and all i did was get groups of tourists hammer drunk playing beer pong i'm like this is what my life could be. And I saw like an alternate version of me <laughs> that did nothing else for the next 40 years. They're like, who's that old Canadian guy over there? Like, don't challenge him to beer pong. He'll screw you up and tell you all about Jordan Everly. Like that could have been me. That's exactly what happened to me. I was there for two weeks. I was planning to leave. And then I was wearing a famous stars and strap shirt. And the dude who, That's thug. a dude who owned the bar that I ended up working at, walked up to me he's like are you a blink 182 fan i'm like yes i am <laughs> am i <laughs> so he's just like cool me too and then we started talking about it and then he said do he's you grooming wanna, you for crime do right you want to work at this bar that i own i'm like okay i'm like what do i got to do he's like just hand out flyers you'll drink for free and i'll pay you 10 bucks every day i'm like cool all right i'm in and then i did like fast forward and you're there 14 months later kind of thing i'm like what was I doing? I remember so talking good, to you while you were on the island and you're just like, oh man, everything's so intense. The other day, this happened and that happened. And I was like, oh man, he's never coming back, is he? And that's when you had your JSBM site. Yeah. And like your articles became less and less frequent as you took it further and further out there. I was writing every day and then I just 
did not write every wow. day. It was like once a month, once every couple it was of like, months. I'm in Thailand. And then that was the end of the article. Yeah, pretty much. And we it never was, heard from him again. I would highly recommend going there. There's a you few places I've had the good fortune of going in my life where I think like, like I said to you today, if they were like, oh, uh, sir, you have um, a brain disease of some variety. You have one year until your head explodes straight to pee pee. Yeah, yeah, I would go. I mean, there's there's a lot of things. It's a simple life. It's kind of nice to slow down a little yep. bit. I mean, you're not. <laughs> it's just really hard to speed back up. Yeah, a little bit. Because once you get in that groove where you haven't done anything, like, oh, I woke up before three today. Yeah. That's a really good day, man. I've been busy. Should we go for breakfast or what? And then when you do that every single day, it's just kind of like, that's the new normal. So when I came home, when I ran out of money and I had to get a job, and they're like, all right, you have to be here at 8 a.m. I'm like... Oh, I forgot that exists 8 a.m. That's terrible. I felt for you, too, because I knew you in those days. And I was like, imagine going from PB Island to working for that big old car company in their credit division where you got to yell at people all day long. It must have been really hard to come back. It's like you watch on the banana bar. They show the beach on repeat. And I remember, like, I love the beach, first of all. And that All Saints song, Pure Shores. Oh, I would Fantastic. Amazing. Like, I would listen to that song all day long. But you're watching the beach and you're sitting on the island and, and the scene where Leo leaves to go with Tilda Swinton to go and get supplies, remember? And it's mm-hmm. like, give me batteries, give me the soccer scores, give me tampons. And then we all laugh. Remember that scene? Yep. And when they show society and they show like bars full of rowdy idiots getting drunk and yelling, like you remember those scenes because you were just there like three days or earlier and you're like, what I want to go back to society with all those scumbags, what with their motor cars and their weird ways. And it was weird to be like in the mix too, like to be the reason they were as drunk as they were. Yeah. yeah. Working in a bar is cool for that reason. I like working in bars because you can get people loaded up and watch them do the full arc from stone sober to being like carried out by their friends crying because someone broke their heart. And uh, yeah, I met really cool people too. There was one guy there who owns a restaurant um, and we bonded over hockey He's a Swedish dude, and he came and played in the SJ. Okay. So he, you know, his junior years were in the SJ. So he would text me. He's like, hey, the Bruins are playing Carolina at like 5 a.m. Are you in? We'll close the restaurant down. It'll just be us. It'll be awesome. I'm like, yes. So we would just watch random hockey games on the big screen at, uh, at Uni's, and then we would have, you know, raspberry daiquiris at 6 a.m. To tie back to last week with Dakin, when he got the, the nine point, eight point night bum running down the street, I was on PP Island. Really? And, I, and that wow. was like, because I would watch games there on the laptop because I always try and follow the Oilers. But that was like one of the things of like, there's a parallel thread of the universe going on right now. Like Travis Dakin's ass is out on CBS.com and you don't know anything about it. Like you're, sl- you're losing it, Wanye. You're losing it. You're unplugging from reality, bro. When that happened though, you, as much as you were enjoying Peep Island Loving Life, did part of you miss, like, I wish I was in Edmonton? Nope, no, not even at all. No? I, the whole time I was there, I was doing the math, and I was like, I could afford to live here. I could afford to live in this hotel room, have a nice person come and clean up all my crap, and go to the banana bar every night, watch the beach every night. I could afford to do it. And I, I was, like, wrestling yeah. with it in my head. Wow. I remember I was also on PP when uh, the Danny Heatley trade <laughs> was supposed to happen. So my brother-in-law, massive Oilers fan, season ticket holder, he, he calls me. Shout out his Twitter. I don't know what it is. <laughs> at mobility help. At mobility help. Uh, so he uh, he calls me and he's so excited. He's like, oh, oh, there's a trading for Danny Heatley. And then I was just like. He called you on the island to tell yeah, you? Yeah, That's a he's good brother. super excited. And then that's I was like, guy. man, that's cool. You know what? I'm going to go to like this weird tiger show or something. I'll be at, I'm out of here. Yeah. Because they would have 
um, just random shows at like this one of these arenas and they would sometimes it was animals and sometimes it was Muay Thai sometimes it was this sometimes it was that so I would just be like well I guess it's Thursday I'll go watch this weird event or I'll go with a bunch of Thai people and bet on two little fish fighting each other until one dies because gambling's illegal there so you need something to gamble on Good whether that's boy. two fighting fish whether that's two ants you're just kind of in the Yeah, mix. you were telling me earlier, like, whoa, we just get two fighting ants and mash their heads together until they would fight each other. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, what really, what more do you need? Where'd you get the ants? You just go find them in the bush. What do you need Twitter for when you got fighting ants killing each other? You're betting, you're you're laying down bets on Ant A over Ant B. I don't know. Like, there's, seem pretty even to me, but I'm in the mix and it's super engaging and it's odd because you can't really see anything because they're ants after all. You should take a moment out of your ascension in the media industry, Maj. Take a, take a, just take a second for yourself. You ever take a moment for yourself? I'm in the middle of taking a moment for myself. Just you ever right just now. go, you know what, Maj, you're worth it. I'm going to take a moment for you. Like mm -hmm. these two idiots did. Why are we so smart? And you don't take a moment. Yeah. Cause so you're, you're, you guys are pushing me to PP islands. That's what you're saying right you now. You wouldn't have the courage to return. I don't really have the courage <laughs> to go, man. No, I'm, I'm if very... you went, you'd stay. Yeah. Cause you'd be like, Oh, remember old Maj that had the giant Afro? <laughs> he could come back. Nobody judge old Maj here. Life on the Island. You guys seem a lot more well-traveled than me. Like I've been to some places, but you guys have been to PP islands everywhere. Where's the one place besides the PP islands that our listeners have to go to? Or is it just the beep? You can continue to stroke the beep. I've been to a no, bunch no, of no, no, places no. all over Southeast Asia. So just like that whole area yeah. is interesting and it's affordable to go and you can feel like you're experiencing something and you meet a lot of great people. Big you party, um, you experience some great culture. And so anywhere in Southeast Asia, it depends how gnarly you want to get, right? Yeah. So like, I want to get pretty gnarly. It's almost like, <laughs> it's almost you like think Thailand. You do until you see it near your own eyes. You're like, oh my God, is there a best Western within like 500 kilometers of this joint? <laughs> it's almost like, at, at times, it's almost like Thailand was like having your learner's permit when you go to Cambodia or something. Yeah. Because I remember we go to Cambodia and we're driving and we were kind of branching off from the beaten path. So normally you get herded onto these like shuttle buses. That's where I went. Like I went Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, Thailand. And I was on those shuttle buses and they're like, Hey, who wants to watch the hangover? And you're like, Oh my God, I do. And then you realize you're on the Laotian death highway, which is like renowned for buses just flinging off into outer space, but they keep the pussies like me like, Oh, sir, would you like to get a bottle of water before we watch comedy for the next six hours? I'm like, why are the windows closed on the bus and the curtains drawn? So that's how it is. And that's just kind of how you get around is in these shuttle buses. So we were going, like I said, off a beaten path when I first got to Cambodia and we were in the shuttle bus and then it stopped in the middle of a highway. And the way they kind of do it around there is because obviously the language barriers, they put stickers on you with various colors depending on where you're going. So I noticed that the three of us, our group of three had different colors than everybody else did. So they stopped the shuttle van in the middle of the highway and they're like, point at the three of us, you three, out looking around there's nothing around <laughs> and there's nothing was this, this is in cambodia this is in cambodia there's nothing less than cambodian nothing there's nothing around not even a tree all That'd of be a the sudden, city. guy pulls up in like this beat up honda prelude looking thing and they're like okay you're with that guy now <laughs> of course and I we're am. like did we just get sold without us knowing that's like what that's, it really felt like because yeah. we're like in the back of this prelude the three of us smashed in the back of this tiny car and then he's just driving and you just kind of have to trust the person you're like well i guess i'm going with you now and then he stops at like some dingy restaurant and the sun goes down at like seven eight o'clock there so it's pitch black dingy restaurant he's like okay you guys get out and eat there we're like okay i'm gonna go eat in this place now <laughs> why and, did we take the murder tour yeah and then that's what we felt like for like six hours we're in the back of some dude's prelude and he is 
blasting EDM. <laughs> it is like the decibels are cranked yes. way up. That's and why you get into Cambodian human trafficking for the EDM. And then eventually you get to where you're going, but like there's a six hour period of your life where you're like, am I actually in the right place or am I going to die right now? See, that's the fun though of traveling, right? To, to, to rap. I know it's whatever time it is. I feel like Dun Cherry. Grapes, we only got a minute left. <laughs> uh, why am I grapes? That's bullshit because you called me old earlier. Um, <laughs> you'll have moments. I didn't travel any at all until I was like in my late 20s, right? And one day I woke up and I was like, man, I've been working every summer. I went to summer school every year in university and high school because I wanted to like get stuff done. And I'm like, your life's going to go by, man. You won't ever have been anywhere. And like, no one ever wakes up and they're like, you know what? I have $12,000 in my bank account and nothing to do with it. Like everybody who goes traveling has to sacrifice and figure out how to do it. And you can go to Asia. This is what I didn't realize. Like in my mind, it's like, why don't you go traveling? I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not a trillionaire. Thank you very much. But when you actually do the math of getting to Asia, once you're there, it's actually not that expensive. Yeah. Yep. It's just getting there and back, right? Whereas like Europe, you go in places in like Northern Europe and they're like, oh, sir, would you like a glass of water? That'll be 42 Schlopex. And you do the math and you're like, oh my God, I just spent $90 for a glass of water or whatever it turns out to be. But Asia is actually like not that unreasonable. No, it's super reasonable. The most expensive part about going is the flight. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, you can live like a baller if you want, but if you, if you want to go dirt cheap, the most expensive part is the flight. One of my greatest moments in my life was when we went to Laos we were going to go do the tubing in oh. Bangjian, which I think they don't do anymore. Somebody, we should just do like more shows about the nonsense in the tubing in Laos is one of the most extreme things. It's gnarly. It's just so odd. I have booty shorts I bought there that I still wear around the house. You're sometimes. wearing it right now to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it says like in the tubing and there's like the inner tube on your butt and I walk around and I feel like a sexy person. <laughs> but like how cool is it when you're in Laos and then you pull out money from an ATM and you look at it and you're like, I have 30 billion kip. You're like, oh, I am the richest man alive. I still have one of those receipts just because it's so hilarious yeah. <laughs> to see that many zeros after oh, yeah. after my money, which was quadrillionaire. Exactly. I know so Gregor good. feels in Canada all yeah. the time. Yeah. Every day when he checks. He was looking account. he was looking sharp today. We saw crazy him. seeing Gregor and Strudwick walk in. Struds is just like NHL offseason mode, flips, shorts, hat, cool, laid back attitude. Gregor's in like a twelve piece McGregor suit. They were. One was uh <laughs> Gregor was McGregor. And Mayweather was struts. Just casual. Cash. Why? Is Mayweather keep it cash? Oh, yeah. Like, T-shirts kind of... Like, McGregor would show up in those three-piece suits so at all the... Uh, Connor even made fun of him at the press conference. Yeah. Like, you're, you're 40 years old and you dress like you're a kid. Ouch. But then Mayweather kid. went to Dana White, and I loved his re response. He's like, me and him know who has the real money around here. And I just thought it was such a good burn because they are balling. Both wearing t-shirts, both wearing jeans. God bless Ah, uh, Dana White. You may have owned 10% of the M uh, UFC. Let us never forget the two elderly men who bankrolled that entire company and cashed yes, out sir. for billions. Good Their for names them, have never been mentioned. It's all about Dana. Exactly. And they're like, for every dollar you make, we make nine. Good luck. That's a lot of nines. Good show, boys. I like I, this. this I wanna, yeah, I want to hear about the tubing next week. Put a plug in it. And I do want to hear about more of this tubing. <laughs> Put a plug in, it means something altogether different over there. <laughs> Just picture this, Michelle. You're, well, you're going down the North Saskatchewan. There are bars on both sides of the river. The river's at low tide, and, and there's rocks everywhere. And you are swinging in off ropes, and they are throwing things at you to pull you into the bar. And meanwhile, you got a nice little tube, and you're floating along, and... Uh... They sell opiate pizza. They sell heroin milkshakes. I didn't even know you could drink heroin. I never saw like, that in actually, any of my like movies. Actually, like heroin, like, mm -hmm. really? Oh, yeah, man. I went to buy a falafel, and they're like, here's your food menu, and here's your drug menu, mm -hmm. and if you don't see what you want on the drug menu, just let us know. 
one day when I've got some time or they invent a program to do it, I'm going to go back to my old tweets. There's some crazy shit I tweeted about in those days. <laughs> and it'd be like Monday afternoon here. And I'd be like, I'm on fire Island and they're trying to sell me heroin pizza. People are like, damn man, I'm working in an accounting office. It's noon. I'm like, go back to society one year. You're going to be lost forever. Damn one year. Dean Arsini, is he going to play tonight for the Oilers? No, I'm on fire Island. Damn it. <laughs> Dean Arsini, you got the polls today. I do, I'm all in favor. That wraps up a very, I actually, enjoyed this episode i lie every time i say i enjoyed it but i really am not lying today <laughs> i genuinely enjoyed this this is real life podcast it's bag milk swan a i'm a show brought to you by finning canada they actually added more parts now it's 1.6 billion parts to serve you where will it end finning where Never. will it end try it the next week boys Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.